We're gonna be doing something a little bit different today. Hopefully, hopefully keeping things shorter than our normal hour that we've been going. Um, today, the dog and I, dog welcome, are gonna be ta tackling the our top five favorite Jim Carrey performances in a movie. So to be clear, what we think are his top five roles, not necessarily the movies that we like. Um, so to keep this format short, what we're gonna do is um, every time you, we're going to set the timer for, for five minutes and every time you hear this sound, we're going to move on to the next movie. Um, before this podcast, the dog and I did not know of each other's lists, so we might have some overlap and if that's the case, we'll just move on. Um, but I guess we can just start off. Dog, uh, we'll, we'll go from five to one so that at the end we reveal and then we'll do a quick recap. Um, dog, you want to lead us off with your... Fifth favorite Jim Carrey role in a movie? No, not really. I want to hear yours first because I, I my fifth, I feel like, is going to surprise you. What, what do you got? I'm anxious. Okay, so I'm going to start with mine is, is The Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind. Number five. That's my number five. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm okay. starting, starting the timer now at five minutes. Um, uh -huh. Assuming that everyone's seen the movie, it was Jim Carrey's one of his first, not his first, I guess the first was Truman Show, one of his more artsy movies in a serious role starring with uh, Kate Winslet. And the, what I liked about it was just the franticness of the movie, the indecisiveness of the movie, the, the real pain that he feels when he goes through his relationship with Clem, the main character, or the other main character, um, and wanting to delete his mind throughout the entire video. Um, things that I liked about other things that I liked about him in that was um, just kind of he gets to that midlife point and he's not sure what he wants. Finally meets this woman and then he is both in his life is both enhanced and ruined all at the same time. And there's technology out there that allows him to do something of it. So don't want to steal the whole spotlight, dog. But um, any thoughts on this movie for for you? Well, I mean, hearing, I'm just going to stick to my observation of you putting in number five, because I think Jim Carrey's awesome in it. Um, I think the whole setup, I mean, first off, the cast is dope. I mean, but we're talking, I know we're talking about Jim Carrey performances, um, but normally he's a big, uh, big loud actor, and the person, the character he plays, Joel Barish, um, is very meek and and reclusive and an introvert and i just think it really shows his chops um as a because you believe that role don't you yeah oh i definitely believe him in that he's kind of got a funky new haircut in that it's just something so different that even though he's done the serious one by now with the majestic and the, and the truman show it just kind of this one's just that much more dark and i it's certainly dark i mean it's the just the way it was shot too. Some of those scenes of, of them erasing his mind, like with faceless people. Yeah. Um, his memory is quite literally being turned into dark space. Like it's a scary. I mean, it's not scary. It, it is. It's a. It's a. I mean, it's a dark. It's a quite literally being in the dark spots of his mind. You know? Yeah. I. It, it's. It's that feeling too. It really captured that feeling too of of. Uh, the a feeling that you'd feel if you're either scorned or just mad. You just you, everyone's been there before. You want to just forget something. You almost wish you had the chance to like erase a memory. 
Um, sure. In this case, it's it's a whole relationship, his whole relationship with Kate Winslet, with Clem. And I, I don't know, just the pain that he shows and, and portrays in that movie, I thought was, you know, aside from something, I'm again, I'm still transitioning, trying to figure out, you know, is he for real as a serious actor? And this, I think, was the movie that convinced me that, yeah, indeed, he can. It's not, It wasn't just a fluke with the Truman Show and the Majestic. He can hold this dramatic. He's got the chops for the dramatic, too. And it's his eyes, too. He, you can just see the longing and the loneliness in his eyes. Like, he, he plays it very well. And also the... I mean, but he still has his little funny spots, like when he's... Uh, he's trying to hide Clementine in different parts of his memory. So, like, his childhood, and he's playing a kid underneath the table, sucking his thumb. Yeah. You know, as a grown man, it's still funny. It it's is funny. I, I, it, like, if for all the serious movies he's ever been in, I don't think I've ever not laughed at, at least at some point, even if he's just, even if you see those gangly teeth of his, it's just, you, you can't help but laugh. But the majority of this movie is serious and... Uh, it hits me in the heart, man. Like that, he, he honestly, he incites some emotion from me out of that. I think. Yeah. Some of my, like, my favorite scene, I think, um, was, I'm trying to think, like when he was, I guess, the, I guess the whole subway scene was, is really when, when he meets her on the train, not the subway. And yeah. he's just kind of like that shy guy, like not knowing what to do with, with Clem's energy. Um, sure. But yet, and then he gets off the train and he just can't stop thinking about it. And he's willing to, that feeling that he has, that he's willing to just get out of his norm to pursue this life or this relationship with this woman was just kind of powerful. Man, it's good. Yeah, I mean, and his... I mean, I'm a lover and I'm and with love. Uh, uh, I am, and with love comes pain, and he, I think he, re- he really does a good job of representing it. He, I've watched that with an old girlfriend, because I, I remember when I first saw it, it I was going to, um, when I first saw it, I, uh, I, I really, it, it stuck with me, um, and, and I wanted to, to, to share it, so, well, that's the, that's the time. Hey, we're, we're, I, we're a slave to the timer, so. Maybe we could touch on it a little bit at the it's end. It's probably a good. It's probably a good point to stop there before I before I get too much love. Well, I, I think the audience is probably looking to hear the rest of that story, but maybe we'll uh, add that on as an add-on some other time. Okay, so I'm hitting the pike. I'm hitting the start button on our next five minutes. So why don't you give us your fifth? Uh, well, my number five was the majestic. Nice. I, I honestly, uh, being a sap. Uh, I really, uh, that also hit me in my feels, uh, for lack of a better term. Like, it really, um, I, I also, it, was, it wasn't a great time piece, but I mean, it was, uh, you know, I, 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 it was different for Jim Carrey. It's not my absolute favorite. Um, I think the acting is good all around, but I also, I, I just like him. I, I like the story of, you know, uh, them accusing him of being a communist and him standing up to the government. Um, and also admitting humility, having the humility to admit that he was wrong in the long, like, yeah. So, but it wrong in that he, he was in the movie. He takes on someone else's yes. persona, a dead soldier. And, uh, after he figures it out, it's, he has the, you know, a really an internal struggle with, with, who he is and what's important in him. 
and almost it, it goes outside of him. What's right takes precedent, and what is more important in that moment, which is the small town, um, which is what he it, has yeah, to it, say. it comes. It comes down to what would be better: the being honest or being happy. And he has to fight that the entire time. Like, can I really have a relationship with this woman if I'm not completely honest with her? But at the same time, if I do, then there's the fear that he's going to lose everything. Um, right. So, I, I mean, I love the movie as well, and I thought Jim Carrey was good in it. Um, I was still – that one – Truman Show was obviously, as we said in a previous podcast, one of my favorites. This one wasn't one of my favorite movies, but, again, it was another step in that process for him, you know, taking on his dramatic roles that, that I did like. And there is funny stuff, too, in that, in that movie when he um, – is learning how to play the piano or like gets up there and he's about ready to shoot his pants. And then all of a sudden he just knows how to play the piano. So. Well, yeah, the piano scene's great. I mean, that's when Jim Carrey, that's why he's so great. Cause he, he bleeds through. I mean, he, his, which is, I'm contradicting myself as I speak because I talk about personalities bleeding through and characters not liking that. Um, Hmm. Interesting, because I really do like when Jim's character, his personal, Jim Carrey's character comes through in the character in the film. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm, you'll see, I will discuss it as we go along here, but his career is really just kind of, for me, uh, inspiring because he's a comic who wants, is deeper than just a comic. He has comic chops, but clearly there's a lot more to Jim Carrey uh, his abilities and him as a person, I think. So, so with, with this role, this was this kind of like an eye opener for you. I mean, Truman Show had already come out, but like, was this like? What it wasn't was, no, it wasn't. It was a movie that I sat and enjoyed, yeah. and then watched watched a couple times again. I mean, in Jim, uh, from a Jim Carrey standpoint, like what what awakened you? Did you think that Truman Show was like a blip? And no, Truman Show is is his coming of acting, like his coming of coming into being a serious actor. Uh, that's that's a much bigger movie, whereas The Majestic... I mean... The Truman Show is such a unique idea and was really well done and well thought out, whereas The Majestic... You could... Again, you could plop another actor in there and it would work. It's just kind of... It was kind of an attempt at a timepiece, um, but it also was very kind of... Yeah. Um, so you're you're speaking of it though as if it's a it's the movie. We're talking about like what about Jim Carrey did you love about it? His ability to trigger and incite emotion in me, honestly. Well said. Because uh, he he is believable in his confusion. Uh, I like I, I I'm a person who looks I look at actors in their eyes and I, I believe them uh, in it and I, I kind of I like his struggle but I also. Again, it seems when he's, I think he makes people better around him. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's one of Jim Carrey's best characteristics is that he makes the he makes the energy of the scene better by you know by making the actors around him step up their game. Right on the second mark. All right. Perfect timing on that one, homie. So uh, we can let me reset. Let's keep it going, Doug. Let's let's you turn that stuff off. Yep. I turn. Go right into what's your number four. 
the number four role that I have him in here is lower than I thought that this was going to be, but I have him at Dumb and Dumber as, as number four, as Lloyd Christmas. That, though it isn't my favorite, I mean, it's probably one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. It would be higher on this list as if we were talking movies, but just the role itself. Um, I mean, what's not every, I don't think I actually speak to any of my friends. I think we just do dumb and dumber quotes, mainly Jim Carrey quotes. So, I mean, I can, five minutes isn't enough time to just roll through all of these, but just like some of the things that he does when he's like looking up the Mary Swanson's phone book and he goes, Hmm, she must be unlisted. <sighs> like just him doing stupid little riffs like that. You know that that probably wasn't in the script, but he's just doing, doing shit like that all the time. Like, you know, the Fairley brothers just say when he's putting the vibe out by the bar and he's just sticking his bony little Jim Carrey butt out there in his orange tuxedo. And it was, he? yeah, he was wearing the orange one. Um, It's just so, just little subtleties like that. The Fairley brothers just must thought they had struck gold when they, when they got him just doing little riffs and it really comes. Essentially that's Jim Carrey, whoever got a hold of Jim Carrey in his early career, they just needed to give him a script and then stand out of the way, essentially. I can't imagine, I can't, I can't imagine he really was directed too much during that, because they, it's like in Living Color, when he was in that, like, he just let him go, and they, you know, just be physical, Jim, you know, be outrageous, and I, I wonder, I would wonder how many takes each one took, because I bet you they just had the camera rolling and much like we're much like we do with our podcast, we just grab what the the good stuff is. And like I I I, I so wish I, I think there was on the deleted scenes, but I wish that there was like all the uncut footage of when they were filming that. Just How to see times just do you think he squirted ketchup and mustard into his mouth and I hot peppers? Oh you my know what God. I mean? I would watch. They'd have, to clean them, they'd have to clean themselves up. They'd have to reset everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, and he's just so he's just he, like he's walking around with a chip tooth, which I found out was really his chip tooth. Like that was that wasn't just like a prop for the thing. Like he really had a chip tooth for that, which just goes into like it made me wonder at the time. The first time I saw that movie, which I remember vividly. It was, it was the funniest thing I ever saw and still might be one of the top funniest movies of all time. And and it's because of him. It's just because of him. It's just his showcase. I mean, Jeff Daniels is funny in it too, don't get me wrong, and a lot of the side characters are, but my God, he was it's more than just already like we've already we had already seen the Jim Carrey who did that. This was more than that. This was just like him actually really being funny mixed with that physical comedy. Yeah, I mean he I wouldn't say that he steals the show, though. I think Jeff Daniels is right along with him. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of Jim Carrey performances, um, it kind of hurts me to have to hear that you say this is so low <laughs> uh, on your list. And low, I mean four. You know, four is Phil and I growing up, man. Like, uh, like we quoting this movie and like uh, and, and being able to, you know. To put it on at any time and have our parents laugh at it, have anyone laugh at it, it's a, it is a, for me, a core comedy. Like, it's yeah. just, so to, for me to have you, I can't imagine what three, two, and one are going to Well, you'll probably be disappointed with those, but that's, that's the fun of this. We'll, we'll get into that no, as we go. Honestly, you bring up a good point. I, well, I think you bring up a good point in that you're saying, 
Well, Jim Carrey, you bring up the Fairly Brothers. I honestly, now I'm looking about the Fairly Brothers. It is writing, though. Like the the the, the I mean, the writing at setting up the the, the Harry Dunn snowball scene with Mary just chucking the right. snowball on her face, like the, all that shit, getting his tongue stuck. That's good writing. It's it, right. It's in good. in this case, it's Jim Carrey executing the good writing. I think much like a Brady Belichick thing. Should, Alright, what would you say the most memorable scene from that movie was? From Dumb and Dumber? I mean, just the whole road trip. Like, the whole road trip. Like, the muck cuts. Them going down the highway and the muck cuts. Like, See, I would disagree. I'd say it's the toilet scene. Oh, Jeff scene. Daniels? Yeah, okay. I thought you meant from a Jim Carrey standpoint. Yeah, that was Jim good. Carrey. No, I mean, we're talking about a movie. I'm t- you're saying... You're, you're changing my mind on it a little bit, but I think... I, th- I, I think you just helped me by saying that the writing is what's funny about this, and then Jim... Ca- Oh, and then Jim Carrey second, but I think it's just a good mixture of the of the two of them. All right, so we'll come back to it. It's on my list. Let's put it that way. Okay, number uh, four for me. Yep, I've got the timer rolling. Jim and Andy. Huh? Jim and Andy is the documentary style movie where it documents. Jim Carrey being a method actor in the story of Rocket Man. Right, or, okay. Or in the movie Rocket Man and in the story of uh, uh, Tony uh, 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 Tony Clifton is, is one of the Yeah, it's, it's Andy uh, Kaufman. Andy Kaufman is the main actor. So, anyways, he, he method acts in that he, he just like Robert Downey Jr., he, uh, he takes on the role completely and he it really, this movie shows him as an actor, and he's kind of insane. He's insane. Well, like, if you're, you're talking about Jim and Andy, mind. like his the main character is him. Like this is a yes. this is more of a documentary than anything else. I mean, we see clips of him filming Man on the Moon, but so set up the dog. They 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 organize it. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a it, they put the scenes together in a way that was. Uh, that you could, you yeah. know, that you can take it down. Like it's the, it's a movie. Now this is definitely a curveball choice right here. Like this, it, well, yeah, it is. Agree that it's a movie. It, it yes, and it's probably some of the most entertaining I've seen in them. I kind of wish I thought about this to, when I was thinking about my top five. But yeah, the, it is one of the most fascinating things I've seen them. So this has to count. Yeah, and and, can, and they set it up again. And I'm sure there's even more footage. Of him being weird and like uh, you know other people, but the way they they set it up, they they gave you a story that was palatable, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, his the fact that he Jim Carrey himself has a take on who he was, and in that time, I think honestly solidified him as one of my favorite actors ever because he admits he's. He's, he admits he's a little off base. Oh, yeah. Not, oh, yeah. All there. Right. Towards and the he, end, he's talking about, like, he's more or less saying, like, am I, is this really the Truman Show? Like, is this really all for me? Like, how do we know that? The way that, the, way that the, the way that the director and the, the, the staff of the, the movie, the crew, the way that they all cater to him and encourage it. That is like the Truman Show. Like, yeah. He's just coming off of that, too, just a little while ago. And then doing everything for him, letting him... He's pushing the boundaries of his existence. Uh, yeah, he's... he's And he's kind of a little... And more so, he's off his rocker. 
The other thing that I liked about that movie was it shows him from the past. I think they filmed that movie, what was it, in like 2001? Well, they filmed it. Or they filmed The Man on the Moon in 2001, which is the do- right. what the right. documentary is so looking the, back the, at. The, I think it was Columbia Pictures or whatever. The studio said that they had all the rights to the... Um, they had all the rights to the the film the, the filming that they did behind the stage because of the characters and the, they own the set blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, so they couldn't release this footage uh, Jim Carrey wanted to do it as a dual movie he wanted to release Rocketman and this at the same time because yeah. he thought it was the more the fascinating thing because the people around him literally fell into it as well they mm-hmm. started treating him like Andy Kaufman the, they, they also he encouraged not outwardly but he his actions encouraged other actors to method act and to and to really believe in their roles yes he has an argument with his his father quotation marks in the movie uh the guy the actor who plays his father they have an actor they have a fight in real life in the makeup studio true that as if they were father and son yeah no it was it was really good i think the power i think the power that jim carrey shows and it, it I think I, it, and again it, it follows his his career his arc as a character himself yeah. so his Hollywood career we can look at it as a character I just thought what was so interesting is like I had no idea that this was I I saw Man on the Moon and I kind of thought it wasn't one of his best movies had I known that this was going on the entire time I would have looked at it in a completely different light and his performance in this documentary and as Andy Kaufman, now I see it differently because of this documentary and, and you know, knowing what he was going with at the time. And now, not only did that, that documentary let us know what was going on in his life in current day, which I guess, what was this, 2017, 2018, this came out. So it was, it was yeah. really, really cool and, and a great, kind of a sleeper choice. So, uh, we're com- I know we're coming up on the... All right, 30, 30, 30, 30 extra seconds, go. 30 extra seconds because we're anticipating this. Uh, if you think about it, it, as a movie, think about the cast. Uh, think about all the people who come in. Courtney Love, uh, like the guys from R.E.M., like all the people who are in the Hollywood scene who come to see Jim Carrey act as Andy Kaufman yep. is in the documentary. So the cast, the technically the cast of the movie is is big and it's like, it's real and it's, and it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Love it. So, Doug, you're number three. Um, did I do my number four? Yeah, I did my number four. So, so to recap, we have... Okay, I, I'm, my five is Eternal. Sunshine and Spot was mine. Dumb and Dumber is number four. I mean, whoever went first in this was always going to be the one that the other person was going to be mad at. But my number three is Liar Liar. I knew that was going to be on your list, and oh well, don't ruin don't ruin the rest of your list for everyone. But no, so, I'm not. I knew I said I knew that was going to be on your. Well, there's so many Jim Carrey movies that are good. Like is you know I don't know if Cable Guys on your list. I don't know. If, well, no, uh, let's let's not go through it. Let's just stick with Liar Liar for saying, this one. I'm just saying I knew that was going to be on your list. And it was going to be higher up. You love that. I love it, and I think the reason that is because it is. Out of any movie that, that there's ever been Jim Carrey, it is just a complete showcase. I don't think he's never not on the screen. He was just given a license to just go freaking wild in this movie, and he does. Yeah. His uh, he Fletcher Reed, first of all, the, the name the, the name of that, he just sounds like such a dirtbag lawyer. 
he is a dirtbag lawyer, and then he's just not giving... He has to do these physical manis... As if something's possessing him the entire time. He has to act that out. And just the absurdity that he that he is yelling in the courtroom and is be- kicking his own ass, do you mind, the entire time. He is just off of his freaking rocker in this movie, and I loved every single second of it, to the point where I almost thought about putting this number one. Like, it is just so... What the, what they do, I know you, dog. I know you well. Well, what they do, what they're able to do, and this movie's PG-13, so I'm, I'm guaranteed they had to cut so much stuff. Some of my favorite part of that movie is when he's just doing the improv towards the end. I don't know. It must have taken them forever to film this movie because they must have had to cut... Every single time he made some cast member laugh. So they've got the... People who are listening to this know, I know they've seen the movie, but imagine being in that courtroom and when he's just going wild with the prosecuting uh, attorney, how is it not everyone just cracking up in in the stands? It's so funny. That's the end of the movie is essentially them letting you into the shooting of it, which, again... Going off of mine number four, it seems like Jim Carrey is, it's the, 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 there is the show, the movie that they present, but then there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. They're like, what's, what, what he is doing as a, an artist. Yeah, true. Yeah, like the, it does. It shows, because we didn't really get that. I think this was right around the era where they started releasing DVD extras. Because um, Dumb and Dumber was VHS when I watched Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. you got to see kind of the craziness that was him behind We have the, we have the VHS. I got oh, it for my I think of all these movies, too. I think because of that reason, I've seen it the most times. It's probably another reason why I love it. But um, Maura Tierney's in it, too. She's she's really, really good. And I think as Which far as more, it's that's his ex-wife, Maura Tierney's yeah, ex-wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's like the most believable... Uh, in his comedies, it's like the most believable chemistry. You can tell that there's damaged chemistry between the two of them, and I thought that that was really portrayed. Because up until then, there wasn't like a ton of movies about, you know, uh, divorced families and kids and how people how you tackle that. And now throw this and now throw this like like slime ball into the mix, who's who's at the same time physically hilarious, and it just makes for just like one of the top performances. Of him, clearly, I have it as my number three. But the more I talk about it, I'm thinking maybe I should even move it up. What was, what was your favorite? What was your favorite scene from Liar Liar? If you can, uh, my favorite scene from Liar. I mean, uh, it's really tough. But, well, while you're thinking of that, mine was the boardroom when he goes in there. When when the partner lawyer realizes that he can't lie, and he goes in and just goes right around the room, and he's like, Simmons is old. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he just, like, all this, just right around the room. Loser. Slept. Like, he just goes he, right through he the room, just rips him a new a-hole. Everyone cracking up. He walks out. He takes the guy's wig and just plants it on the fucking wall. Oh, my. And then and then when he comes out, he just and he just falls into a, a puddle because he just can't believe he got away with it. It's pinnacle Jim Carrey. So, one thing about him falling into a puddle, one important thing, we might not have a lot of time left, uh, imagine how physical, how much does he get beat up? His body is elastic. Imagine shooting that movie, all the, the times he's flopping on the floor, running everywhere, just yeah. like falling off of the tarmac, like the steps on the tarmac. Like, yeah. 
like the guy takes a beating. Like he's got it. Like in these movies, he's he's being this uh, physical actor and using his body as his, you know as his tool. The guy, the guy will he puts he literally puts his entire self into these roles, whether it's to make us laugh or in different dramatic scenes. You know, in other movies, he he just puts his whole self in it, and it's palpable in all these movies. You know what that time means? We we're on to your number three, homie. Oh, my number three is number twenty-three. Oh, okay, all right. So the number twenty-three is Jim Carrey. He's already solidified as a well. Right, the movie is he has there's a universal thing. Uh, he has an obsession with the number twenty-three, and it's like invading his life and destroying him. Is it the devil? Is it? God. Anyways, he sees it everywhere. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, he's in his real life. He's already solidified as a serious actor, and he decides to do something dark. Um, I like dark movies. Um, there's, I think the way it was shot was really cool. Um, but in terms of Jim Carrey in it, uh, he, he gets pretty intense sometimes. Oh, yeah. And um, I honestly, I, I, I just like him. So when they are talking about the graphic novel or whatever he's reading, which is the, the book, the number 23 that yep. he's reading in the movie. Uh, he pictures himself in the role. And I think he plays that really role is a really, he's a de- homicide detective. And I think he just, uh, he, he takes to the darkness really well. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, uh, I just gotta believe him. He's got me. He's got me. I, I believe him in his roles. Yeah, you, yeah, it's almost like his equivalent of The Shining. So you're just watching him throughout the entire movie slowly get crazier and more obsessive and more obsessive to the point where sure. he he becomes a character that's almost unrecognizable uh, and and a lunatic. You know, yeah. it, it, and he's so paranoid. Like, of course, similar to the Truman Show, he's in the kitchen with his wife the blonde wife and she has a knife and he picks up the knife and, and holds it up against her. What are you going to do with this? Very similar scenes. Yeah. Um, he doesn't but, know what's real. Right. He doesn't know what's real. I wonder what his like, cause he married Jenny McCarthy. I wonder they're divorced, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's with, uh, uh, Wahlberg now. That's right. Donnie Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. But Donnie what, or Matt? Donnie, Donnie, not, no. Don, Donnie Wahlberg. Um, <clears throat> uh, but, I wonder, so he talks about in Jim and Andy how much his mirrors, his movies mirror his actual life and what's going on in them. Um, and I wonder what the movie, tw- uh, the number 23, is being mirrored in his actual life because it is really about paranoia. Yeah. And it's about, um, and that's what the movie is about, is paranoia. And or, him... Yeah, him, or just getting obsessed with something. Yeah, but, but also the fact that thinking that something is coming for you that is outside of your control or outside of, you know, your understanding. And with him being introduced, you know, with all these roles and him allowing Hollywood, allowing him to method act in a way that he's being in the Jim and Andy movie, uh, just so wild. And like, they're literally because he's an actor, they let him do anything. Yeah. And I think it was it was a, it was much darker for him too. It was very it was a darker role for him, uh, right? But and what is that? Uh, well, I won't ask if that's on your list. But uh, what, what do you think of him in that role? I mean, why 
why do you think it's a prominent movie for him? I like the role just because, I mean, I think I like the movie more so than him in the role, but I mean, by this... I think I, I, think I might as well. So we discussed before the podcast, this is Jim Carrey roles in his performance. Yeah. And now I'm kind of... Well, I mean, we did, we had so little time to... I'm, I'm second-guessing my list too, but um, the, the whole part of him being a dog, a dog catcher in this too was a little bit eerie. That's always kind of like the... In in classic movies, the dog catcher is always kind of like the weird guy. You know, he works for the pound, the dog pound, and he's in charge of, you know, getting like think of I can't remember a specific movie, but it's always kind of oh, that's like the weird eerie guy, and I don't think he realizes that, or at least someone who's watching it doesn't realize that until the end of the movie. Like this guy probably was getting looks well before he became obsessive. So he. So what I'm again thinking about how it's mirroring his life, um, and, and, and how he was in the darkness, uh, himself, he talks about eternal sunshine and the spotless mind and how his wife, he divorced his wife and was in this really depressed state, but they couldn't shoot the movie for a year later. And the director asked him to stay in that state because he was perfect for the movie. Mm. Um, so Going on that way, being outside, something being outside of him in, in his life, just kind of being into chaos, being paranoid. Um, I, I think just kind of it, it, that's why I like the movie. Again, in his character arc as an actor, he I, I feel like this has a role. I think the darkness. I think he's a tortured soul. Sorry, I know the bells ringing. No, you're good. He's a tortured. I think Jim Carrey is a tortured soul and a tortured artist because of the nature of his his career, mm-hmm. and I think it really shines through in this character. Well said. All right, what are we at right now? I think it's my yeah, my number, number two. My number two. Wow, this is going quick. I, I like this format because we kind of can just you know go go go. All right, so mm-hmm. I've got the timer rolling. My number two is Truman Show. Um, so, I mean, we've done a, an entire podcast due to this. I think this is where I kind of got caught in as well, it being a favorite movie of mine more so than a role, but I couldn't leave it off my list. It might not, it, I might flip flop this with Liar Liar, but we'll, we'll keep this as two. It's Jim Carrey's, as you said earlier in this podcast, it's his breakout into the dramatic. It's showing us that he's got this, uh, dramatic side to him, that he's not just a, comedic actor, not just a slapstick, though he does bring, or not just like a physical actor, comedic actor, he, though he does bring that into the role. Um, like we said on our podcast, you know, he's getting tackled and just giving up his body and running around and nearly getting in car crashes. But it's also him showing that he has so much depth, both thought-wise thought and as well as in the acting chops. So couldn't leave it off my list. We did a whole podcast about this. If you haven't heard this, go back and listen to it. But um, love him in this role and really opened up a second half of his career with this with this performance. It did. And, um, and again, I think to continue on, because we have some time here, continue on with what I was saying about the mirroring of his life in this the uh, or, his movies mirroring his life. And I think this really was a, a start to some of the, probably some of the mental illness and some of the weird things he was experiencing with, with not only that, that those thoughts in mind, but also the, 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 the way that people were treating him around, you know, yeah. it was just very, 
it was encouraging whatever he wanted to do, however he wanted to be. He was just arguably the most famous actor in the world for a while. He was. At that time, he was, yeah. And, and you know, I imagine that struggle was just, uh, it, it, it started, I think, a lot with, after his comedic movies, I think it started with Truman Show and wanting to be respected as an artist. Yeah. More so, more so. And I think that's why Truman Show is such a, uh, an important movie in his career. What what part? So for those who haven't listened to our previous podcast, what part of that movie did you just go, "Wow, this guy's for real"? This guy's for real. Yeah, like when, his acting, referring to his acting or his performance. Yeah. Oh man, that that's a really. I mean, I think he's so great throughout the whole thing. Um, I don't know. That's tough, man. When he's on the beach, maybe, and uh, and uh, the they're ripping the girl away from him. I don't know. No, that's that's not my answer. I, I don't know. What what about? I, I mean, I I think it I think it was right at the end there when he's getting tossed around. At, for me, at least, when he's getting tossed around, and you know, he's you you really believe that he's at the end of his pitiful rope. That's that's a line from a different movie, but you know what I mean. He's a desperate man at the end of when he's when he's discussing his thought, seeing his father with his mother. He's pretty darn good in yeah. that scene. Yeah, like, if it wasn't him, it was his twin. Like you know, it was he's pretty good. You know, he's, he's pretty believable. And like, although it's not like a memorable scene, as, you know, it, he definitely that's when he starts. You know, obviously starts to challenge things and really starts to kind of. Um, Challenge, I think, uniformity um, with this instructions around him. Yeah, with this movie too, it's where I just stopped. There's, I'm always was watching Jim Carrey. So even though he was Ace Venture and Lloyd Christmas, it's the first time where, like, I actually stopped believing. Like, okay, I'm not watching Jim Carrey here. I'm actually watching like a legit actor. So, so it's it's the point where he's starting to take on you realize he could take on the persona of someone that wasn't just funny but was an actual exactly character. exactly so right. that, this supports me and why my why i think jim carrey's so great is that you believe him you're just in it right. like when he when i watch him uh and there's a movie called dark crimes he's come out with recently that i haven't seen but it's a, you know it being a dark movie and jim carrey i think he's a detective as well um I'm anxious to see it, but I mean, um, yeah, uh, no, it, I mean, it makes anything that he does, including the Truman show makes you appreciate others. Well, at least, especially the Truman show makes you appreciate things that he's done in the past. And it makes you anxious to see stuff like, where's he going to go with this next role? Is this going to be serious? Is this going to be loony? Is it going to be a mixture of everything? And I think Truman show really, for me solidified you said it about his the last movie but i think this one solidified me is like okay i'm a jim carrey fan for life he can do whatever bullshit yes man how he can do a hundred yes mans and i'll still love him as an actor all right i didn't i didn't hate yes Man. i didn't hate it either but it's not on my list here all right i hate i hate parts of it but there's but uh, but i didn't hate so, you know, he's, it's Jim Carrey. Yeah, but. He's, I'd still give it a chance. That's what I'm saying. Okay, on to the next, on to your number two. Well, we already discussed it. Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Wow. So, Doc, I just want to note that so far in your list, you do not have a comedy. It's, this is a Jim Carrey list, and 
We are. I, I don't. I, I I noticed that as I look back, uh, and yeah, I, I don't. You're right. So I mean, any any final? I mean, I won't do the full five minutes on this. I'll just give it two. But any any final um, or anything extra that we didn't cover earlier that you wanted to just add about Eternal? Uh, it's you know it. it Phil really encouraged me to focus on the performance of Jim Carrey, um, but with the number twenty-three and Charles Sunshine, I just gotta say I love the movie so much. The the timbre of the the, the somber music, the the uh, the, the imagery, the, just the what's that? The energy, the, the, the imagery of like memories being uh, erased for me. That was that was. I awesome. thought you were gonna say the energy dog. I was like, wow, how progressive of you. <laughs> well, sure, that too. Um, yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I well, it is the energy of the movie, um, but also it. Yeah, no, he's. Just, I just. Uh, I believe him in his torture. I think when artists do things that are true to their real emotions, then that's when you get the best, truest art. And that's why I think he's more than just a comic. Um, but what he is now and what he's become, and especially in that time, like I mentioned before, the director, when they cast the movie, he was going through a divorce. He was uh, he's having serious personal struggles and super depressed. And you're saying um, this, this, all of this stuff comes out in his character in yeah. Eternal Sunshine, yeah. And you, yeah, and I think... This was the Jim, this was this was Jim also is, the first time that he's lined up next to a a legit Academy Award winner too. Like uh, there's there's a ton of people in that movie. Elijah Wood, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. But Kirsten Dunst. Um, right. The tree that came out of this movie was pretty impressive because I think Winslet won an act. She won one, at least one Oscar, if not multiple. I wonder if Jim Carrey. I know. I know we. We probably didn't do the research for this, but I wonder if he's ever been nominated for something, or do you think he ever will be? Um, I'm not sure if he will be because right now, dog, his movie out is Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, so, all right, uh, say no more. Uh, you know, and you were just saying he can do whatever. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Um, yeah, he's kind of doing some money grabs right now, but we we love him anyways. We love him anyways. But anyways, anyway, you know, sometimes you need money. Um, All right, that, that's man. that's our buzzer. So, geez, we've got this is this is going really fast. We're up well, to. You did the two minutes on Eternal Sunshine, didn't you? Oh yeah, true. I did do well, two. So minutes. let me finish. Okay. So, I, not only do I think it's a, a great emotional movie, um, but he um, Joel Barish, the character is uh, that meekness. I feel like for Jim would be really hard to encapsulate if he wasn't feeling it himself because he being such a physical big presence he was not a big presence in that movie which is pretty crazy right if you think about in terms of what he's done on other sets he is in he, other, that's a good movies. i like the word him in the, i like the, him in liar liar controlling a room and then picture joel bearish being tucked away in a corner completely owning the the, the role I, you know i he was. He was, a, he was more meek. I like that word that you use. Okay, so we're on to our number... Why, that's why he's number... Two, that's why it's my number two, because it showed even more depth than Truman Show, I think. You're number one, dog. Number one. Oh, man. I'm, I'm afraid to tell you this, because I don't think this is going to be your number one, and I'm... The Grinch? <laughs> it's not Mr. Popper's Penguins. It's not The Grinch. 
but I have it as me, myself, and Irene. That yes. is my That's number a... my number one, and I'll tell you why. Not only do I think it's his funniest role himself, as he plays both Hank. Uh, he plays what is it? It's Hank and God. I should know this now. Charlie and Hank are his are the two roles. The Charlie is the good character, and Hank is just the off the wall kind of dickhead guy who he wants to be. But he plays a, someone who's schizophrenic. So he, he essentially he plays two roles, and both of them are just hilarious. Charlie's the guy who is just the the geeky nice guy, but also funny. He just gets ragged on, so he's kind of the punching bag. Hank is the guy who does the punching. And my God, does he do it in this, in this, he just is. Talking about physicality, that scene where he gets kicked in the chin and goes over the edge <laughs> yeah, at, the yeah. ben, at the Ben and Jerry's factory. Oh my uh, God. They, the Fairley brothers always give shout outs to the New England spots. Oh, they, most of their, most of their movies are Rhode Island based. They either start or end up some, somehow in Rhode Island. But I mean, dog, the scene when he has to put down the cow. Oh yeah, it, yeah, and it just takes. It's just so that's so slapsticky. It's just like five times. He's like, finally, he's dead. Okay, if you wow. Ask me if you were to ask me my favorite scene from that movie, bingo. That was it. The fact, the fact that they learn later that the cow is still alive. Like, do you, then, then the people are like, yeah, someone, someone tried to kill one of the farmers. Some of his prize, prize cows. They got, they got. She made it. Like, he's like, what? After choking it, like, shooting it, he must shoot it, like, eight times, like, a full clip, and then, like, yeah. chokes it out. That cow is so fake. It's so fake in that movie, too, which is uh, so funny. I love, I love fake stuff like that. Um, another scene that, that comes to mind is when he's in the grocery store, and he's just starting to go through these transformations, and this woman with, like, hey, can, you know, he's trying to be nice. Charlie, when he's Charlie. He's trying to be nice as Charlie by letting her go, thinking she's only got, like, a pack of gum. And then she's like, okay. And she brings in, like, two full carts. Come on, come on kids. Come on. <laughs> and then you just see his, like, his eyes just start blinking. His body's shaking. In the and background, there's the that music. music. It's the music. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just goes through her cart, sees the Vagisil in there, and just completely humiliates her. Vagisil? Someone's got a little extra cheese on the taco. I just, the first time I saw that, I just, I, I thought I had blown a funny fuse. I thought it was so good. And then just everything else. Until later, probably like five, six, seven, eight years old after it was released, his mom and dad wouldn't let me see it. Yeah. As a younger kid. Um, but him, I mean, yeah, him switching back and forth from characters. I mean, few people can do that. It's It's physical too, like. He'll be running down like a train uh, with the scene where he's running down the train track and he's just turning from Charlie to Hank to Charlie to Hank, kicking his own ass. Like, like you believe that his bottom half is Charlie and his top half is he Hank. Does like, an you believe scene, it. He does an entire fight scene as two different people. Yeah. That's, that is impressive. It is. All right. So I made a mistake there. I didn't set off my, my timer, but we can assume that's about five minutes. Yeah. So yeah, let's man. let's drum roll, please, for your for your number one. We got Dumb and Dumber two. No. 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 God, that's a terrible movie. <laughs> Our family almost walked out of the theater. When we oh, it was brutal. Two. Awful. So your number, uh, one, number is... one is Dumb and Dumber one. Great choice. Great choice. Uh, which hurts, which is why it hurts me that it's number four on your list. Well, that and was a, that was always the risk of this format, though. Yeah, but that's 
fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's hard to even, like, that's what kind of sucks about the format, too. It's, like, what, what do you say? It's, it's by far, he's, it, is Jim Carrey at his core being just let him go yeah. with great writing? Yeah. Great writing and let Jim Carrey do... <sighs> Do that stuff, swimmy, 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 Samsonite, Samsonite. His reaction to getting his toes fucking uh, uh, sanded down. Trying to hide the fact that he sold his dead bird to a blind kid. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, I took care of it. Just the friendship that he has with Harry, like, he just plays, it's so believable that he, like, they're best friends, they're losers, but they're all they've got, even though they try to sabotage each other all throughout the movie. All right, and why I think it's his best performance, too, is because he makes um, uh, Jeff, um, uh, help me, Jeff, uh, the other actor, for God's sakes. Oh, God, I'm I'm forgetting it, too. Oh, my God. I keep wanting to say Jeff Dunham. No, it's not Jeff Dunham. He's not a Harry, uh, Jeff, uh, not Jeff Portnoy. <laughs> oh my God. How can we, can't, the people who are listening to this are probably screaming like, hold on, I got to look this up. But go on, go on. I know who you're talking about. Harry Dunn. Yeah, he, he makes, um, Harry Dunn. Harry Dunn is, Jeff, is killing me. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, for God's sakes. He makes Jeff Daniels. What the Jeff Daniels isn't any funny movies besides this. Not that I can think of, really. No. And it's one of the funniest movies of all time. Yeah. And why do you think that? It's because Jim and their great friendship. No, it's Jim, dude. Jim makes him so much better. And like, and I imagine. And, uh, he is. He's like Jordan. He's like Michael Jordan. Everyone around Jeff him Daniels, gets better. Jeff Daniels is a great actor stuff you know he's, he's, he's a really good actor uh scared the shit out of me in arachnophobia mm-hmm. terrified me um but uh no but the fact why i think dumb and dumber is jim's best performance is because he makes everyone better around him and like there's no real central focus of that movie besides jim and harry yeah the, like, the majority of the time they're doing a road trip and then really when they get to aspen it's 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 like another half hour after that of just Again, California, showcasing in one beautiful <laughs> one liners that that Jim just pulls off great in physical comedy, and you're right. It's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a perfect. It is Dave Chappelle's. When me and Maggie were watching last night, I mentioned earlier, Dave Chappelle's. For what it's worth, it's a perfect stand. It's a perfect movie. Every single every single scene is quotable. Every single transition is funny. You're laughing at the. The cameos from Cam Newton, like, not only is Jim, it puts on his best performance because it was the role he was born to play, him being an elastic, goofy, just, just, just a goofy guy, but it's also just great writing along with it. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, but, but there, that's one of those movies where, like, there is no other human being on Earth who could pull off Lloyd Christmas. There isn't. No, and that's, and that's my question that I always ask you is who... Who would you replace there? And there's no answer for that. There's no good, there's no good comedic actor that could step in and take that role. No way. So that's why it's my number one. I mean, I uh, it, looking back at our list now. Okay, uh, yeah. Let's just do a quick recap. I won't. That's an estimation of the, mine. The, but looking back at my list and after talking to you, I would replace 
Truman Show with number twenty three is my number. Three. Okay, so let's let's first for the listeners just go through your your five. So my, going my from five, five to majestic. one. My my five was majestic. Four yeah. four was four. Jim and Andy. Jim and Andy. Three was number twenty three. Two was Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, and number one was Dumb and Dumber. Wow, yeah. hell of a lineup there. Uh, mine was five five to one for me was Eternal Sunshine, uh, Dumb and Dumber was my number four, Liar Liar my number three, Truman Show my number two, and then me myself and Irene, which is kind of crazy that you didn't have that on your list. Not crazy, but that my number one made it and wasn't on your list. But it looked like you went you kind of sided more with the dramatic. I kind of sided more with the. This is a personal. This is not objective. So that's the thing. This is a subjective list, and after listening. Objectively, uh, me, myself, and Irene, Liar Liar, and Dumb and Dumber probably should be on my list. Mm. And then peppered in with Truman Show and Eternal Sunshine. We- That's probably the smartest. But I wanted to, Jim and Andy, I think, if you look at it as a movie, I think is more, uh, I think it's more progressive. And I think it's it, it, it really highlights his career better and also gives context to his other characters like you said like it changes Truman it changes uh the guy the number 23 you know what I mean yeah he because you know because Jim but anyways if I was being Jim Nandy's on there because I'm being subjective and I wanted to bring up some interesting topics slash I really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. but if I was being objective gotcha so so notable things that we left off were notable movies that we left off for Ace Ventura one and two, The Mask, yeah. the the Mask and Cable Guy. Um, I think that those just go, running through his IMDb were probably. Oh, and then there's Bruce Almighty too, which was which was okay, but starting to him going a little bit past his comedic peak. So uh, if you if anyone who's listening here today has any other roles that we missed or just wants to share their opinions about what we had to say or add on to it. We'd love to hear from you. I mean, just, I mean, if, if you're hearing this, you probably know. So just give us a call and if you want to, you know, kind of give in your two cents. But wanted to keep this short. I think we still ran a little bit long, but it was a lot of fun, dog. This format's really cool. We should do something like this. Yeah, in the, in the yeah future. we should. Kind of, I mean, I like the, I mean, I can still like, it is three dogs in a movie. Mookie's been sitting here with me the whole time. Yeah. I had to pause to let him out. But I still like the idea of doing movies, but also, you know, uh, actors and 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 types of movies, lists and stuff are yeah. a little bit hard to do quick. So so look for this format in the future. But till then, uh, we'll we'll see you on the next podcast. Stay safe from the dog, myself, and Mookie. Have a good one. Peace.